This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm really interested to see what the feedback is on this segment. Want to hear from you on the Twitch the YouTube, you can also hit us up at 877-881-1053 on the truckwreck.com text line. Dak had an incredible regular season. Probably going to finish second or third in the MVP. But did Sunday show you it's time to let that contract expire in 2024? I don't think it was going to take Sunday for me, Kevin. I've, oh, I've been there for a while. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and so... And, I don't have I don't have a, a a bone to pick with Dak other than be better. Um, and he even said that he needed to be better. So like I, I'm not saying anything unfair to him here. Uh, I don't have I don't hate him. I love the the person, the leader, the guy that he is. There's nothing other than I think that there are things missing uh, from his ability to be one of the best players at his position. At such an important position, there are things missing, things that he can't he can't do, uh, and so I Sunday was another kind of like, huh? That wasn't the nail in the coffin, probably for Jerry Jones though. Financially, it means it, it's it's too smart of a decision to just continue on with this and be kind of in this area, be in this place, and be hopeful that uh, that they can move on, but. Yeah, Kevin, there are, there are things that I watch in his game that I'm like, man, how can you be so great in some areas and so bad in other areas of this? And he said that there was a lot of disguising in his way yeah. and that there are things that he just didn't expect. And I get that. But, man, to let it slip away that fast and not be able to, to, to ad- adapt to any of it until it's too late and gone, uh, that's something I can't get. I can't except when you're being paid that much of a portion of your franchise's money. NFL teams don't move away from Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton's and Dak Prescott's and players like this. They make the playoffs for the most part. Yeah. And so teams just say it's good enough. And I think the Cowboys are smart enough. Maybe they're not. But I do think they're smart enough to know he's not a great quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. He's better than average. He's a at times he's great in the most. Hey, I've never seen a player in my life, and congratulations to Dak. I've never seen a player in my life rack up more stats in blowouts than he does. Whether they're losing by 25 or up by 20, I mean, Dak can pile it on or rack it up more than I've ever seen a human in my life play that position. Because sometimes the other day, in games like that. <clears throat> It's over. And actually, in a weird way, as much as we're talking about them laying down, man, he didn't quit when it was completely over. When it was 100% over, he's like, where's my 200 yards and two more touchdowns? And he got it. He got to 400 yards and three touchdowns. So in the history of the NFL, that's going to look like a pretty good game in the history. Yes, it will. 
And when they're up 20 to 0 at halftime, hey, let's make this sucker 48 to 0 and I'm going to rack it up. So, I mean, he is a great stat hunter late in games when it's meaningless. And he wins games. He he wins games where he has a good overall record. He's a good quarterback for this era, but you know, teams just don't move on from these guys. They're okay. The Cowboys are Every day that they have Dak Prescott as their starting quarterback, they're okay with yeah. losing in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. And somebody texted this in, and this is going to be the most logical argument against it from the 214. His cap hit is too great. I don't see how you can afford for someone else to be the QB number one. Now, let's talk about that. The cap hit for the upcoming season is $59.4 million. And if you just straight up cut him, your dead cap would be $61 million or almost $62 million. So a straight up cut of Dak Prescott doesn't make any sense because it would actually be cheaper to keep him on the roster than at least for this season than to just get rid of him. But if you can facilitate a trade, you can lower that number. Now you will still take an enormous financial hit but now you're talking maybe you can slice about half of that off all right and so the reason why i think that's worthwhile is because what's the other option the other option is they've got 59 and that 0.4 million on the board so what are the cowboys going to do they're going to give them an extension and that way you can flatten out the money and all of a sudden this cap hit for next season is going to be like 26 million dollars and then he's going to get a you know five year i don't know what it's going to end up being 270 probably something like that so 54 million dollars a year and people were angry before so it's going to be something like that but then you can flatten out the money because they'll put in the ghost years and everything like that and that's what they did right now with this deal don't forget after Dak's contract runs out if you were to move on you'd still take a dead cap hit because of the dead year the ghost years that like ghost runners whenever you're playing like kickball and kind stuff. of where he's like or he's, professional baseball and extra innings he's sort of under contract for the next two years and 25 and 26 but not really and so that's what they that's what they always do that's what they always do that's fine you're gonna have the same quarterback who is a good quarterback in the regular season sometimes an excellent quarterback in the regular season and then when you get to the playoffs you know it's probably not going to work out that is the perception that I now have after this latest defeat. Or I would suggest you take the hit now. Specifically, you try to see if you can maneuver a trade and know that I know Jerry doesn't have time for a bad time, but you know that it's going to be a struggle bus year, probably more. And I know I'm seeing this, Kevin, in the question. I mean, obviously we wanted to, to see something, but... Even if you went with Trey Lance, you still have to renegotiate a contract with him coming up, right? Uh, he's under contract for one more year. So if look, all right, let's just magically say you wanted Trey Lance to be. I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that I'm that this is the answer to anything. I'm just asking some questions to try and see what see where the okay. terrain is here. But Trey Lance is your gap year, right? Like you, yes. you're gonna backpack around the NFL with Trey Lance because his salary cap hit is $5 million. So let's say you were to trade Dak Prescott. You can drop the number down, and you're still looking at you're going to give about $40 million to your quarterback. Well, that's a lot better than it would have been otherwise. Of course, the argument then is Trey Lance has gotten so much better since he hasn't played, 
and then he's going to play again, and people might be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what probably happened. <laughs> I'm not arguing that this makes your team better now whatsoever. In fact, it absolutely makes your team worse. It makes your Cowboys team worse in 2024 and then maybe beyond and then maybe a lot more beyond that. The The reason why I said it, and we were having this conversation with Mickey, and he was like, your team could get worse. Absolutely. But when he was going over the stats from the game saying that Dak got sacked four times, nonsense. One of those sacks was when Dak held the ball for 6.5 seconds and didn't see Jake Ferguson wide open on the first down. They couldn't kick the field goal. Like, even if you didn't see Jake Ferguson, you got to know to throw that ball away. That that That's not an offensive line sack. If C.J. Stroud does that, I believe they play Saturday night. I understand. It's his first year yes. in the NFL. Dak, in his eighth year in the NFL, doesn't know you're in field goal range when the ball snapped? He obviously forgot. Yeah. I mean, after forgetting that Jake Ferguson was his second option, he, then he forgot you were in field goal range. Yeah, and 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 that's so that is a concerning part for me, and that's why I'm willing to take the step back. And then I see other people saying he can stay here for next year, but then you just let the contract elapse. You can absolutely do that. You are not taking advantage of an asset that you have in terms of flipping it for something else. He if has that's the case. He has a full no trade clause. So you have to, if you were to trade him, he has to agree to the yep. place you're trading him to. So if you're trading him to, I have no clue where he doesn't want to go. But um, my whole thing, and I know this isn't going to work out, and Dak would have to say yes. That team would have to want to sign him to a five-year, $270 million contract, or he's correct. not getting traded there. And there's a lot that goes into this. And then, but I would do everything possible to try to eke out a first-round pick from him. And I think you could. I do think there would be a team. And I look at Atlanta, and I look at Las Vegas. That's the eighth pick and the 13th pick. If one of those teams would take him for that first-round pick, I would do it. And then I would trade that pick. I would trade the 24th pick. I would trade my 2025 first-round pick. And I would even trade my 2026 first-round pick plus other picks later in the draft and see if that's enough for Chicago to give me the number one overall pick. And I have my scouts look at Caleb Williams. That's a lot of work. Look at Drake May. Look at Jaden Daniels and say, who's the best? Who is a person that can change a franchise the way C.J. Stroud has, the way, obviously, Patrick Mahomes has? Can I get that guy? Because I, the thing is, is you could get worse. We also know you're not going to get any better. It's over. He ain't making you better. Andy Dalton could only take Cincinnati so far. And, and Kirk Cousins can only take Minnesota so far. And let's stop on that for just a second because the logical argument is going to be Dak is going to finish second or third in MVP, but that feeds right into Mike's argument, right? Yes, he is. He had an incredible regular season. What happened? You got smoked in the playoffs mm -hmm. in the first round. And in the season, finish he first. was amazing. And we, and we all know this. No. Second or third. Pure, not luck. He had a great year, but let's face it. He's lucky that Patrick Mahomes has one NFL wide receiver on his team. You know, Joe Burrow got hurt. Josh Allen got off to a slow I get start. It. Right. I mean, it, obviously, he's not the second or third best quarterback in the NFL. If you started going to Kansas City, say, hey, you want to do a trade? They'd be like, no, we don't think he's a top five quarterback in the yes. NFL. And unfortunately, now we're not even sure if he's a top 10 quarterback anymore because of the trash that he threw out once again in a do or die game. So it's really tough. I know the Cowboys are going to stick with him and Cowboy fans are going to have to live with him for another five to eight years. But if you were a real organization that really cared about trying to win a championship, 
you would do your best to move on from this. Sean McVay moved on from Jared Goff. Alex Smith was moved on from Kansas City. The teams that think they're going for a championship are, are move on from Dak Prescott. And and somebody asked this. I don't know if this is the case. And I'm sorry, Corey. I need to crunch these numbers just a little bit more because when you get into the trade market with the ghost years and everything, it gets a little bit more complicated. But somebody asked, this has to be Dak's lowest trade value. I don't know if I think that is accurate for one reason. The Cowboys will have to eat a lot of this money. I believe you would get Dak Prescott. Now, I realize an extension would have to come along with this. But for the upcoming year, I think whoever traded for him would get him in at a cap number of about $25 million, maybe $26 million. And if that's the case then maybe you're looking at it being like, okay, well, that cap number will work just fine. What that trade value turns out to be then, I don't know, because Mike's right. It would have to come, you would assume, with an extension since he has no trade. The One of the factors in this is, Mike, I mean, you pointed out all the things that you would do, and that sounds really fun. That sounds like a fun offseason, right. dude. It sounds like and a obviously, blast. And obviously, multiple teams have to agree to yes. all of these yeah. things, which probably wouldn't happen. That takes a lot of work, and I don't, I don't think that that kind of effort is going to be done by them. And I also that's think- the ba- that's the thing that Jerry talks about. It's a complete and total. I don't mind saying this because this is harsh. It's a complete lie that when we take his statement, I don't have time for a bad time. Cowboy fans, some of them think that's about winning and losing football games. That has nothing to do with winning and losing football games. It's what Corey's talking about. The uncomfortability of having to sacrifice and not even knowing if that sacrifice is going to pay off. I don't have time for a bad time is saying I don't have time to sacrifice all of these things in my life. The other the other thing, not knowing what, how it's going to work out, I, I think Jerry's scared. And, um, and look, man, he can look at me and be like, look, I got billions of dollars. What am I scared of? Sure. I think he's scared of Dak Prescott going and doing it with somebody else, winning with somebody else. Be like, we waited, we did, we invested all this time. They do have this mindset of we want to draft and watch these guys grow into something. It means more when you're drafted a cowboy and you win a cowboy. Like, I get that. And it does, and it should. It really should sure. feel that way that our guy finally got it or our guy did it. We drafted him. That's our. That's the way we do it. But you got to know when to cut, say, you know what? We've identified the problem and move on. And I think Jerry's like, I don't want to do that because I don't want to get Randy Moss. Okay. I don't want. I don't want a guy to leave our organization and then go win and us be sitting here going, what did we not see? The, I agree. I think he's scared. No, I agree with what you're saying. The issue that I have then would be if you were close. I'd be like, I get it. Like, let's say you made it to the NFC Championship game and you lost the 49ers 28-27 to and they smoked whoever in the Super Bowl. I'd be like, I get it. How, how, how do you look at that and not be like, we're right there. You have been to the divisional round once in the last three years, despite the fact that no team with that many wins over a three-year span has never not made a championship game. Never. And yet here the Cowboys are. And I so I think that's my issue with that. I think you're right, though, Corey, about Jerry Jones' mindset. 
I would just be like, yeah, but it doesn't feel like you're that close in this moment. And I understand all the concerns that if you tear it down or you make that big move, that you might not recover from that in 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 a while. Yeah. I get it. I do. I do. But when Dak said, "This is the best season I've had," and it's because of Mike McCarthy, the team's had success because of him. Add me to that list if that's the case. With people asking, like, does Mike McCarthy have to go? And when I heard that, I immediately thought, agreed. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Hey, look, man, you you deserve just as much blame. Now, are there other things to blame as well on this For game sure. specifically? Yeah, man, I could look at that defense and say, "What Absolutely. were y'all we even doing out Absolutely. there?" What were y'all? That, that looked like that looked like I sent my kids out there to play football for the first time. They didn't have a clue where they were going yet. And there are questions about if you're supposedly one of the best players in the league. Not supposedly, you are. Where do you show up in big games on the defensive side? Mm-hmm. Like those are questions that we started to have yesterday, and we'll have going forward. But that's a that's a third year player in Micah versus Dak just wrapped up. Was this year eight, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest difference. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, let's go around the NFC East. How much did these plays factor into the Cowboys' loss? Plus, the division sucks again. That, and we'll do some Mike Likes It. All of it next right here on The Fan. Second down and 10. Right to left for the Packers. To start the game, Love with a little play action. Time flushed out. Wilson's got him around the legs. And Wilson brings him down along with Chauncey Golston. There is a marker out here in the secondary. That's not good. It's on the Packers. Legal contact. Defense, number 26. That's Deron Bland. Automatic first So they, they play the first two plays really, really well. But then you get a defensive penalty like that. And it sends things sideways. And, of course, the Cowboys led the league. And being penalized the most. <laughs> Shut up, Mike. KNC Masterpiece. I bet they overcome those. Um, they do not. No. In fact, those first three plays were the best that game would get for the Cowboys as you stuffed Aaron Jones, got the faux sack that didn't count, and then you stuffed Aaron Jones again. After that, everything went downhill. And I wanted to talk. Team Williams didn't make another mistake. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
taking that game, though. Yeah, and look, that was a bad play. I know that dude took a dive, but you, that's what you should do. And that was a bad play. I wanted to talk about... But the party was off the chain. <laughs> I cannot believe that story from Sean and RJ this morning. That's so crazy. How big of an impact, if at all, do you think... These two plays had. So I want to start with the Duran Bland penalty on that second play that negated the sack. Like I, like I said, this game turned out terribly and the Cowboys got destroyed. However, the Cowboys are also a front-running team. So right. I wanted to point out two plays on the very first drive, and I want to know if y'all think this had an impact. And so the sack by Golston and Wilson it, after you stuffed Aaron Jones on first down. It would have been third and 12, and instead it was first and 10, and clearly things didn't go super well from there. But it would have been third and 12. Statistically, that's a really good opportunity to force a three and out. Then all of a sudden, do you think the game would have been any any different? Let's start with that one. I guess I'll lean towards, yes, it would have been a more competitive game after watching it. I just don't think there was any way Dallas was going to <clears throat> blow out green Bay. Okay, sure. So I look at it and say, well, gosh, maybe if you do get them to go three and out and they punt and then let's just say plays are similar yeah. to the first drive and deck Prescott accurately throws the ball to CD lamb when he's going to catch the ball for a first down and run anywhere from 20 to 30 more yards. Last year's say 10 to 30 more yards. Yeah, now all of a sudden you're in their red zone. It's zero to zero, and now we're in for a, a battle. Because I don't think Green Bay was going to lay down the way the Cowboys laid down. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it obviously being a back-and-forth game if you get a punt from them to start off. But then I'm like, Corey, I'll throw it to you. But then you did get him to punt at 7-0, to zero, and yeah. Dak yep. said, I forgot we're not playing in green today. Yeah, I think it would just would have delayed the inevitable. Okay. The, I, the, there are two things, two major factors that stand out for me. One, Dak was confused by the Green Bay defense, and Dan Quinn couldn't figure out how to stop either Aaron Jones or uh, Jordan Love from there on. Like, from there on, it just seemed like they had the plan. I think that is going to be the prevailing answer for this next one then as well. But I just want to check. Delaying the inevitable? Yes. Okay. That the Demarcus Lawrence penalty on third and five. And the Packers run the ball in the next time for the first of what felt like 16 touchdowns from Aaron Jones. But it's it's neutral, neutral zone infraction. Goes from third and five to third and two. And they were able to just run it in for the touchdown. Otherwise, it would have been third and five at the Dallas six. Could the Cowboys have held and forced a field goal? And again, I go back to the same question. Does that matter? Or do you just say delayed the inevitable? Which I do totally understand. I, I will stick by that answer. Okay. Uh, because defensively at that point, you okay, you've given up just the three. But you gave up a drive. You did. You know, like that, that also you, you inflicted yourself, your own wounds on yourself there. So you did give up the drive. And I go with what Mike just said on the next possession. What did the Cowboys do offensively? Nothing to answer. Yeah. So if it, it was seven points, awesome. Let's go show that we're the best offense in the entire NFL right now. And let's put seven on the board and put it back to 0-0. It doesn't matter if it was seven or three at that okay. point in my mind. You guys are right. 
because the game wasn't out of hand until, and it sounds weird to say this, until the pick six. Because it's 20 to zero, two minute warning, you're in their territory, you score a touchdown there to make it 20 to seven, and hopefully they don't go down with one minute left and, and get any points. But if it's 20 to seven, and then you get the ball to start the third quarter, but they they had plenty of they had 30 minutes to answer these things and to show that they had some sort of character and some sort of fight in their organization. And they showed that they they wanted nothing to do with that game. It's the weirdest thing to me, and I keep thinking to myself, Corey, maybe we should have taken the Buffalo-Miami-Detroit three-game series a lot. They went one and two, and one on almost pure luck. Mm-hmm. On the one they won, it was almost pure luck that the ref didn't know which guy to announce as the eligible guy. Agreed. Or you go 0-3 oh, in those games, and we just... But just, and what were the points in that game? You you didn't you didn't manage what yeah. more than 21, 20 points. Yeah, yeah, twenty against Miami, twenty, 20 against, against Detroit, Detroit and, and then uh, like ten against uh, yeah. against Buffalo. Maybe, maybe we should have just looked at that and said, "Hey, we're playing the minor league Washington Senators or whatever they are," and not taken that game seriously at all. Like that's I just keep thinking like, how did I not see that they were? This bad. We saw Philadelphia be this bad, and we predicted they'd be this bad. And maybe when we're looking at a place a thousand miles away, we can see how bad they are and go, look how bad they're playing. And we just didn't want to look at our team and go, look how pathetic they are in these three games. I got one more for you. Now that the game has started to flow, you're losing 14 to nothing. And this is the play that we, we talked about just a few minutes ago. It's third and five at the Green Bay 36. So you have moved the ball down the field. Uh, the offensive line was horrible. No. <laughs> I went back and timed it because I, it felt like forever. And look, we sometimes we disagree on things. I think placement of blame on the offensive line in this game is so far down the list. I can't even tell. I, I thought that... The protection was fine in the fine. Like, that's way down the list. But it is third and five. You're down at the 36. Dak has the ball for six and a half seconds, which is an eternity. He doesn't throw the ball away. Instead, he takes the sack, and they're going to punt the ball. That's a bad quarterback play. Okay. And, of course, when they lined up for the punt, they took an illegal formation so they could move back and everything like that. But... You're looking at a 54-yard field goal. Not a give me, but Brandon Aubrey's sweet spot. He's going to kick it 54 yards. Yes. Like we know that it's, he's not going to be short. Is you're going to, let's say you make that field goal. Does that make a difference to start to send the tide? Or are you like, hey, that's great. You're still losing 14-3. to It would be better to have points on the board at that point. For sure. Like that, I mean, that's, that's a guarantee. And I, I still... I said this about Tony Romo a while back, Kevin, and I feel like I started to see it in Dak late in the season here and in this game specifically. Every throw needed to be a hero throw. Yep. Every pass needed to be a, I, I'm validating myself as the quarterback here. And Dak didn't do that early in the season. It felt like he was making smart plays. He was throwing the ball away. He was running at the right time to pick up the, the, the necessary yard to keep a drive going. But in this game, he looked as if I got to make the biggest play to satisfy the entire world. 
right now on every single time he dropped back to get the, to throw the ball. I think that this play shows that Dak is not made for do-or-die situations because Greg Olson points out, and you see it on replay, Ferguson's going to be open. Yep. And you know who would have made that play 100 out of 100 times on Sunday? Jordan Love. We know for a fact Jordan Love would have laid it out there for his tight end, and he would have been open by two or three yards, and it would have been a big play. He could have thrown it off his back foot, and he would have thrown it perfectly. So he quits on the play as soon as he sees option one, C.D. Lamb isn't there. This is not an offensive play caller's fault. Option one is C.D. Lamb, covered. Option two, in the same eye slot, you know, like you can have somewhat tunnel vision and still see Jake Ferguson. So I'm taking a, one of your weaknesses that can get tunnel vision. I'm going to let you have tunnel vision because in that same tunnel is your second option. And he panics. And because he cannot handle these situations and play his best in these situations like the best do in all sports, yep. he panics and runs the opposite direction. And then he panics and holds on to the ball as a guy's chasing him because let's face it, I know that Patrick Mahomes isn't perfect or Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or whoever that are better than Dak. But man, I feel like nine out of 10 times, all of those guys are going to toss the ball to the sideline for an incomplete pass and then go, all right, let's see what happens here. But like when you make that many mistakes on one play and you're talking about it being 14 to zero, that shows how far Dak was mentally out of this game. The fear of losing is so strong in him in these situations that he can't overcome it. Will he be able to? Look, he probably has another five to ten years in his career of playing football. He can overcome these things. It doesn't mean this is who he is. But we've seen it enough in his first eight years. He cannot truly handle these situations and be at his best. He's had great plays at times in these situations. But be at his best? I don't know. I saw him put up, it felt like, four points against Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Last year wasn't good. I know he did play the great game against Tampa. I give him credit for that. I have to give him credit for that because that was an awesome game. I have to give, if you want to give him all the credit for Tampa, I'm looking at Bobby Belt, who's not in here. You have to give him all the blame for these. You can't give him all the credit for Tampa and then give him all, and then give him no blame for these. You have to be consistent in the way that you're going to look at a quarterback. I give him all the credit in the world. Unbelievable against Tampa. I give him, he's not the only thing. But I give him all the blame for the two San Francisco games for this game. He was horrible. Now, let's talk about some phenomenally empty stats when it comes to the Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb had, and I realize how these stats happen. CeeDee Lamb had nine catches for 110 yards. He is now one of five Cowboys players, wide receivers, to have multiple 100-yard games in the postseason. All right. Who do you think the other four wide receivers are? Jerry Rice. From the Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> guess the guess his guy. Uh Michael Irvin. There you go. Michael Irvin is correct. Mm. How about Bob Hayes? Incorrect. Ooh. How about Drew, Drew Pearson? Pearson? Incorrect. How about Tony Hill? Correct. How about Alvin Harper? Correct. You'll never get the last one. Antonio Bryant. Incorrect. I would argue. Cole Beasley. Somewhat same ballpark skill level-wise. As Antonio Bryant? Some Alvin Harper. Calvin well, Sherrard. Who are the other ones that you named? I, I think that might be a relief pitcher. Michael Gallup. 
Because don't forget, in this game, ah, but when he had two legs, Michael Gallup had six catches for 103 yards. How, there were some throws hey. that, he, that Dak made to Gallup that I was like, how did he miss eight defenders on that throw yeah. on the pass on the way in? Should we make some Gallup T-shirts that says he's back? He's 2024. <laughs> he's it. back. Gallup leaping to catch a ball, and no. then underneath it, it says 2024. <laughs> No, I don't think we Right should. now, get on the Gallup poll. 2024. Yeah. I got it. All right. He caucused it. <laughs> I don't know that that's like I don't know you can, the Iowa caucus. No, no I think we all got the reference. Yeah. Caught a ball? It's close. What do you think? I hate it. Dang it. All right. <laughs> I hate it. Wow. He's back. <laughs> As we pseudo go around the NFC East last season, the <laughs> NFC East became the first division. Mike's still enjoying that. The NFC East became the first division since 1997 with three teams in the divisional round. Yes. They had three of the final eight. This year, the only division without a team in the divisional round. No. Well, I guess yes because of last night. But – can I throw this out to Corey with this? The good thing is the Eagles are now going to have to pay their quarterback. This was the last year of his rookie deal where he signed a five-year, $255 million contract. So if you think I'm crazy, if you've been tolling with us, thank you. When I say five years, $270 million for Dak Prescott, that's going to be the going right. rate. I mean, uh, Hertz just got five for 255 Next year's the first year that contract kicks in. So if you do look at it from a positive standpoint, not that the Cowboys are better than Green Bay or San Francisco or five other teams in the AFC. The thing is, though, is that now Philadelphia has to deal with paying a quarterback that premium dollar, and that hurts your team. It takes away from your team. So the guys with premium contracts that can overcome that are the best in the league. The guys that get premium contracts, i.e. Dak Prescott, he can't overcome. We have to take away two players from your team right. because of how much we're paying you. Congratulations. I'm not telling Dak to take any less. I'm not telling him to not negotiate the hell out of his life. But what I'm saying is, is when it when that happens, two players leave your team for good the rest of your contract, and we can't replace them because of the money you make. So you have to overcome that right now. Patrick Mahomes is overcoming minor league wide receivers. They're like, we're not going to pay any wide receivers on your team because of how much money you make. And he's somewhat overcoming it. He won the Super Bowl last year, and he's in the divisional round. But now he has to play on the road. Is Phil- and it's going to be snow showers, by the way. 24 with snow oh, showers. I'm excited for that game. We move to the Eagles. Nick Sirianni, he does have the fifth best winning percentage in the NFL over the last three years. He's the first Eagles head coach to go to the playoffs in each of his first three seasons. And he's been to a Super Bowl, but he might get fired. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's a good run for him, you know? He can always lean back on that one. Now, here's the thing I hate, Corey. How do they keep doing this? How do they keep firing coaches and it looks like they're going to go bad and then they end up being good two years later? Your, your turn. Go ahead. Um, well, they, they are willing to go get the players, and it seems like the players are more willing to play for that organization. I mean, we just went through this with Shaq Leonard. Dominican Sue landed yep. there. Like, there have been... There have been names that have been, they, they're like, we got the money, or we're going to figure out how to get the money uh, to pay you guys to be here. I don't know how they continue to just not have to rebuild it all completely, but they've been, they draft smart and they make lots of uncomfortable moves. 
Whenever it's time to make a move, they say, we, we see it, and we made that move. Couple more notes for you. The Giants picked up former Raiders offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo to take over that spot. And the Commanders officially announced the hiring of Adam Peters as their general manager. So hopefully now you're all caught up going around the NFC East. Right now, it's time for some Mike Likes It. Well, I'm going to stick on football here because we've mentioned it, but I'm just going to mention it again that one of the Kelsey brothers retired yep. last night after the game. Um, Jason Kelsey retired from football and from the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's going to hurt the, him, them tremendously. Sure. He's yeah. not done. He's a really good center. I, I don't know all the centers in the league, but I'd say he's still a top five center. In fact, the tush push thing might have a little bit of an issue going forward without him uh, being the center on the team. But I have the question based off of Kelsey retiring, and I know we're just two days out of the Cowboys season. To your point, I'm pretty sure he was just named first team all pro. Again. There you go. Do you think, what's the percentage of Tyron Smith playing next year? He had a he had a very good year this year. I'm not trying to say he didn't have a good year. He had a good year. I'm just wondering, as he has, he's fully pensioned. Yep. He's made plenty of money. His body has deteriorated over the last five or six years, and he had a great year keeping his body healthy this year. Surprising, I think, everybody, even the Cowboys organization, how healthy he was. I'm just wondering, with Kelsey retiring, I mean, immediately after, so he knew weeks or months yeah. ago that this was his final year. I'm just wondering with Tyron Smith what he's thinking about he's his future. He's a free season. agent, too. Daniel Jeremiah posted this morning, or 10 hours ago, so that would be – this morning-ish. Teams are going to have, and I, I respect Daniel Jeremiah's work, teams are going to have the top 8 to 10 offensive tackles in all different orders. They're each outstanding, but come with different skills and traits. I don't think there's a clear-cut top guy right now, but a bunch of guys competing for that top spot. This is a great year if you need one. They are loaded at OT in this class. So, Mike, on the front of do you want to bring him back and ha- and and kind of deal with that question mark and maybe have a right backup for him? Or you want to say, you know what? We're cutting a little bit of the budget here. We're moving on. This is the year to do it. So if okay. if I'm the Cowboys, have Will McClay, I'm calling him and saying, hey, what are your what's your scouting department know right now? Okay. My next mic likes it. Saturday, I went to Globe Life Field. And it was really fun. And why was I there? And a lot of other Tolos were there. Brandon Hurtado, who is owner of Hurtado's Barbecue, was teaching uh, one of his cooking classes. And I think he did one about a month ago, uh, but it was really fun. Uh, Sean Sharif was there. I had to leave at noon. As part of the package for Peace-a-thon. Yeah. yeah. And I had to leave because my son had a, a basketball game. But I got to be there for a couple hours, and I was kind of like, dang it, I didn't want to leave because John Gray was up there, and they were getting ready. They had chicken fried brisket which was unbelievable yeah. and he was he was at that point he was showing how to make the gravy how he's going to fry the brisket so when you have wow. leftover brisket slices how to chicken fry it and then the sauces to put on it but i just like to say it was a blast being out there by the way uh there's no more cracks in the infield they have water yes and they have drug it it looked like a very nice infield again but it's amazing when we went out there for the jared sandler event when you let uh <laughs> when you let an infield not have any water and don't really manicure it even though there's not weeds that will grow 
indoors on a turf field, it's amazing how quickly a field can get out of hand. But that being said, I'm just recommending this. I have no clue when Hurtado's is going to do it again. But I got, and you'd get, everybody got this. You get their sauces, as in the recipes. You get their rubs, as in what they're using for their rubs, for their briskets and ribs. And it is a really cool, uh, fun event. And um, so whoever won that, I'm sorry I didn't get to meet that person. And Leroy. Maybe, maybe I did. Maybe I did meet them, and they just said, hey, huge Tolo, and didn't say I'm the winner of yeah. the auction because I did meet Tolos out there. But uh, really fun event and fun to be out there. And John Gray was out there. And there's a really cool YouTube thing that they're doing now. It's called Around the Plate. So John Gray is the first episode, but I overheard Brandon kind of talking, so hopefully I'm okay with saying this. Uh-oh. But – I think that he's going to have on a lot of current Rangers. I'm sure he'll also do former Rangers during the season because current Rangers might have a tough time going to Hurtado's barbecue and shooting a set on making barbecue because usually you don't make barbecue in like 15 minutes. So that makes it takes a while. But he has an episode up with John Gray, and it's a fun episode because I told my wife, John Gray has us beat. His wife, they started dating in middle school. Wow, really? Yeah. So I don't know what age he got married at. Uh, obviously, I'm going to guess a younger age because he's been dating his wife since they were I'm seeing, somewhere between sixth and eighth grade because that's middle school. Even though we used to call that junior high. Did you call it junior high when you were in seventh and eighth grade or did you call it middle school? Both. I call it, Yeah, I, call, I called it both. Okay. I, I always said both because it feels so cold outside. Okay. I call it like we're in like Canada the, or something. Yeah, okay. and ours was sixth through eighth. So you called that middle school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we called middle school fifth and sixth grade, and we okay. called junior high seventh and eighth grade. So I was like, always like, oh, we are in middle that, school. That so makes I, sense because it's leading into high school. Okay. So Mike likes it. Is that now the next Mike likes it? The NBA. I, I know that now that the Cowboys season is over, I'm assuming if you're a sports fan in Dallas of the, all the teams. You will now move more of your attention to the Mavericks and more of your attention to the Stars. And in a month, you'll move more of your attention to the Texas Rangers because spring training starts literally today's the 16th of January. We're about a month away. The 12th, 13th, 14th is when pitchers and catchers report to all of their spring training sites. By the way, the Rangers did just make a trade with the Reds for Daniel Duarte. Uh, He's uh, 27 Average fastball is 95 miles an hour. Cutter at 91. He is two years. Uh, his ERA two years ago was at like a 10. It was a 3.69 last year. Okay. So he has two years in the majors. Did they add Ellie De La Cruz to that? Deal? I no, no, they didn't add. <laughs> I thought it'd be a throw-in piece. Yeah, but they they said like we got this shortstop prospect. We're not crazy about. Yeah. He's like seven foot four. It's like, <laughs> it's like the Wimby of shortstop. So that is there. another relief pitcher, right-handed relief pitcher okay. to throw into the mix. Let's go. Interesting, and you know the Rangers. I talked earlier about Hector Neris, former Astro the last two years, former Philly about, you know, for seven or eight years. He has about 10 years of major league experience. It's interesting. You start, you're starting to feel maybe a little bit better of adding depth to your right-handed bullpen, but left-handed bullpen right now is help me out. Uh, Ranger fans. You have Brock Burke. Uh, Heaney's going to have to start. I think Cody? to start the year. Cody Bradford. Yeah. He's a, he's a, 
yeah, he's a transitional guy. And what I mean by that is he's either a starter or a reliever. I'm not exactly sure where he's going to start the year. Sorry, I was looking at other things for okay. Duarte. I can't answer that question. Is He was designated for assignment by the Reds a couple of days ago. So the Rangers swooped in and they were like, we okay. can do something with for this. cash considerations. He originally signed as an international prospect with the Rangers 10 years ago. Okay. Wow. Um, is Kirby, Kirby Yates throws right-handed, bats left-handed. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Antoine Kelly is a name that I don't know much about. It has He has no number on this list. And then Andrew Heaney. I think, I think they put out a list the other day, Corey, of like seven or eight guys that are on split contracts or minor league deals. What that means is you have a major league side will pay you if you're in the major leagues, a minor league side if you're in the minor leagues, and they have a major league invite to spring training. Okay, so, so like Jake Latz and Antoine Kelly are probably those guys. Yeah, so, gotcha. they'll, so they'll compete for a job in spring training. If not, they probably have a minor league side of their contract that they will go to uh, Round Rock if they don't make the major league team out of spring training. So yesterday, I just want to uh, give a shout out to the Mavericks. That was a really entertaining it game. Was. I don't know if you guys went home and watched it, but man, it was really fun to watch. And what was fun about it is the Mavericks late in the game couldn't miss a three. And it made me think about if you're old enough to remember this, it made me think about the first time it looked like the Mavs had a chance to do something special. And that was with Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, Michael Finley, Nick Van Exel, Rafe LaFrance. Like, that was kind of their finishing five. And it's like, man, if the Mavs make all their shots, they seem really tough to beat. Like, yeah. I'm sure New Orleans left that game going, gosh, you know, mate, we could have played better to start the game. They obviously didn't come out with a lot of energy. But they probably go, what were we supposed to do? They made every three-pointer they threw up. The last five minutes, it felt like the Mavs were perfect from three. I'm sure they missed a couple, but it felt like whoever it was, Josh Green, Tim Hardaway Jr. had an outstanding game. My son was at he the was game because his coach gets so mad if they kind of shoot when they're defended, like jack up a three, like we're going to take open good shots. And he's like, there's one time that Tim Hardaway Jr. had three people right in front of him, and he's like five feet behind the line, and he just put it up. And I was like, well... That's his job in the NBA is to shoot as many yeah. times as possible. And so he's not going to get in trouble even if there's three people on him and he's five feet behind the line. Like, that's what he's supposed to do, especially when you're short Luka or short, short Kyrie. He has to try to score 20-plus points. And he had 40, point, 40 or 41, and so did Kyrie. And it just made me think watching that game. I don't know if I throw this into your head right now, Kevin – does it make you think at all about when the Mavs played with pace and they were just like, we're going to be the, one of the first teams ever? Because I know Golden State gets a lot of credit and they took it to a, a another level. And Steve Nash and Phoenix took the pace to another level. But the first team that I saw, let's see how many threes we can jack up yeah. in a game, was Van Exel, Nash, Dirk, and Finley was the first. And then even Rafe LaFrance, your center was Rafe in the LaFrance corner. LaFrance would shoot a ton of Was three. that part, was that, I mean, because I remember hearing about Run DMC, or is it Run, or uh, yeah. Yeah, TMC. The, run TMC. Was they, that both was that the the same <laughs> thing with with Don Nelson back then that he was saying shoot also, or was it tempo? Because I'm more, always. More tempo back then, because okay, if right. I went back, I would guess they maybe shot three or four threes. Because Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Sr. Yes. Was not a good shooter. He shot a knuckleball. He was a great penetrator, a great passer. He could score. He could make an outside shot, but you 
you are baiting him to like if he takes a three, we'd ra- much We're rather okay. him take. Gotcha. Mitch Richmond, great shooter. Chris Mullen, great shooter. He kind of came up back then, and even in Milwaukee with the point forward situation, gotcha. where he would want more of like a Chris Mullen at times running point because he's like, I like that he can see over guys and we can Walker. Get mismatches okay, gotcha. stuff like that. But yeah, so it just made me think, Kevin at. I don't know if this team I see that with Luca. It doesn't remind me because he, he still will slow down the pace a little Although bit better than previous years, but still slower. Yeah, yeah I agree. So watching the Pelicans play the last two nights. And I know we got to get to the C block here is I know some people have kind of talked highly about them and I watched them the last two nights and I understand they're good. I don't see greatness at all on their team. I see the, the, the names on their team look good, but it doesn't, it doesn't, do anything for me. Yeah, you, you know, you'll hear like the the sum of the parts is greater than the individuals. It kind of feels like the opposite here, where the individual parts amount to something less than you would yeah. think. You look at their starting lineup, McCollum, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Valanchunas, you're like, crap, that looks great. And then you watch them play and you're like, doesn't look that great. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying on that for sure. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next. Tom for the C Block starring Corey Majors. After that abhorrent, repugnant out outing, how do we reset the expectations for a franchise? Next on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.